welcome back to the Spook House. It is time for our second annual Spookies Awards. My name is Phil. This is my co-host, Doug. The big dog, Galliardo, in the house. How you doing? Woof, woof. <laughs> I am ready to... Doug got that dog <laughs> in him. <laughs> that sums up the year's uh, horror movies, in my opinion. Woof. A big old fat wolf, but I know there's some there's some gems in there, and we're gonna talk about yeah, them. There, yeah, there's there's some hidden jewels in there. Pieces of you, pieces of me. Can't wait to uh, get into 2024, though. Yeah, looking forward to 2024. I think uh, it seems like we're on a every other year cycle. I mean, 2022 was great this past year, and hit or miss, mostly miss, kinda. But 2024 is looking good. But for now, we're going to recap the previous year. We have all sorts of awards. We have <laughs> new awards this year. Yes, we came up with a couple new categories that are specifically tailored to the films that came out. And this is honestly, out of all the episodes we do a year, this is probably my favorite. Yeah, these are fun. It's, nice, it's a nice little retrospective to tie everything together. For what everyone and us have seen all year. Yeah, we even got some new sponsors this year that are gonna uh that have been so kind to sponsor awards for us. This is brand new, so yeah, we reached out to a couple of people, uh pretty big name people, if you know, not to name drop or anything, but we reached out to a bunch of companies and they like our stuff, they want to work with us. Uh, so it's it's a pretty good year all around to uh, cap off 2023 and to usher in 2024 with um, some new digs, some new threads. Yeah, and uh, might have some celeb appearances. Um, I, I bumped into Owen earlier on the red carpet. He was really excited to be here. Jason Statham. I mean, the, Owen was such a sweetheart, man. Yeah, I, lo I love that guy. The, he's the best. I mean, yeah, so... It's going to be a big... He was decked out and all... You, you wouldn't think he's a style guru, like a fashion icon, uh -huh. but he was rocking the Prada shoes like no one's business. Oh, yeah. Owen Wilson, he, he's, he's got the fashion down. And Jason Statham, always, always classy. Always, always a classy gentleman. Yeah. Sharp. Sharp is the word I'd use for him. <sighs> Speaking of, you're looking very sharp tonight. Um, what are you wearing, looking Phil? Looking very dapper. You know what? I, I I try my best. I just pulled this old thing out of the cupboard. You know, it was hanging out with the uh, the larva that's in there uh, and rotting potatoes. As you can tell, it kind of has a nice sheen to it. It's because a lot of the uh, a lot of insects in that cupboard. Oh, okay. A lot of snails dragging their ass. Very, their big wagon. Very nice. This, uh, this, your suit. A little fashion. And uh, fashion it looks secrets. like you went to uh, Pack Sun, the fashionable section, and picked up a nice twenty one dollar suit. Uh, no, that's uh. Actually, I don't know where I bought this. Uh, this is what I wore to the last wedding I went to. So This is, fun fact, the only suit that I have. Yeah, I, you know, while I was getting dressed for this, I was like, hey, I need to update my, my classy wardrobe. Well, when's the next time you're even going to a wedding or something classy? I don't know. You always keep it on standby. Okay, enough fashion talk. We got a lot of <laughs> awards to get into. So, Doug, are you ready to jump into this? Oh, I am ecstatic. All right. Capital static. All right. So, first award of the 2023 Spookies Awards, the kill of the... Also, before, yes. before you get into this, I'm sorry to cut you it, off. It's okay. It's live television. It happens. 
but <laughs> that's right. I'm not. I don't have a teleprompter. <laughs> I'm not reading off any cue cards. Quick. This is just all from my brain. Cut to Mario Lopez. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest, where are you? <laughs> stop, stop! Stop trying to high five that blind guy. Uh, just want to say, uh, just a little quick thing yeah. to everyone that has listened to us throughout the year. Yes. Uh, we want to thank you because we love talking about movies. We love continuing to talk about every movie that comes out for the future, putting together different ideas. Uh, 2024, we have a lot of new fun stuff, despite all the uh, the sponsors that we're working with. Uh, a lot of new fun stuff planned, so we're pumped that people actually care and want to listen. So yeah, you s- thank you guys for listening. You said it best. Thank you so much for listening. We truly love you guys. Without you... I guess me and Doug would still talk about movies, but not to the extent <laughs> that we do. So we appreciate you listening. You are what makes this show. And we thank you for being here at the second annual Spookies Awards. Everyone could squat at the spook house at any time. That's right. All right, Doug. The so, squat free zone. You ready to get into the first category? Let's officially break into it, baby. Okay. We have that buzzy open. We have the Kill of the Year award. We're starting it off with a heavy hitter, Doug. Let me hear those nominees. All right, we have. Can I ask you a question from When Evil Lurks? Uh, the axe kill. Uh, <laughs> then we have Bun in the Oven. Uh, the chick getting toasted up in Thanksgiving. Good kill. We have the opening scene from Talk to Me, where the dude stabs himself viciously in the eye. Uh, kill. brain food from when evil lurks when uh, the wife is eating that uh, her child's brain like uh, like some chicken cordon bleu uh, we have the shopping cart massacre from Thanksgiving uh, during the Black Friday uh, riot yes um, we have doppelganger destruction from infinity pool when uh, Alexander Skarsgård uh, his doppelganger doppelganger gets killed and then uh, therapist I go bye bye from Scream 6, yes. where the therapist gets his face bashed into the uh, door and stabbed in the face. The eye. I, I tell you, very very good nominee list there. We really had to think about this one. And uh, the winner for Kill of the Year award is uh, Can I Ask You a Question from When Evil Lurks. Yes. Now, there were plenty of potential nominees from this movie alone. Yeah. Uh, we went with this one because it's just so it happened so quickly. Yeah. And you could really feel like the emotion towards all of the characters. It's the first kill of the movie, I believe. Yeah. Somewhere in there. It was early on, but yeah. When, um, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? If you haven't go to shutter right now and watch it. It's amazing. I need to rewatch it myself, but yeah, it's the scene where, the the guy shoots the goat that is possessed by the devil, and then immediately after doing that, bam, axe to the face. You kind of learn that this movie is not messing around no. when it comes to gore or the inventiveness of the kill. That's that's what it really is. There's plenty of scenes where people get chopped with an axe. There's not that many scenes where someone stabs themselves in the middle of the forehead with an axe. due to uh her being possessed and you realize really quick that this movie is only going to get climactic from here and a lot of good kills this year but that one that one takes the farm yeah i think (laughs) nice 
Good one, Doug. I think um, <laughs> that that wins best kill of the year because it was like a three uh, three hits succession. You got the goat kill, axe to the yeah. face, axe to her face, repeatedly, slowly. I was like, uh, just stop. That The fucking thud of that axe yeah. just like hitting her face over and over. I was like, okay, this movie's not fucking around. This is uh... also something that makes a great kill scene, which you just, uh, which you just brought up pretty much sound design. Oh, because yeah. when you could feel it mm-hmm. and you could hear it, it ju- it just like hits your soul different. Yeah. And you heard every chop of that ax, the sound of the gun, it cracked really loud. Obviously you don't want any animals to die. Uh, but there was a reason that dude was trying to kill the goat. It was possessed. And I like how, um, like how fast you learn the rules of this movie with the possession. It, you know, that demonic spirit passed through all those bodies pretty quickly, which is pretty terrifying. Yeah, so uh, when evil lurks, come up and accept your Spookies Award. Let's go, baby. <laughs> all right, Doug, moving on. This is, I think this is a first time award for the Spookies. First time award and one that you thought of and one that we first thought of when uh, when compiling this list. Yeah, so this is the convenience factor award. These are just moments that make you go, huh, that's awfully convenient. <laughs> so, Doug, why don't you read the nominees? Because if you don't have this, then some part of the plot doesn't really work. So it's like the shoehorn of the year, too. Oh, oh uh, okay. But the nominees for Convenience Factor Award for the year of 2023, we have the Retractable Ladder from Scream 6, the Wood Chipper in the Parking Garage from Evil Dead Rise, yes, and the DJ Sun generically discovering a room with an evil record, also from Evil Dead Rise. Yes, he just happened to be a DJ, happened to discover a room that happened to contain records in it. And his mom is part of a punk band, so it all kind of ties together magically. And they just happen to go get pizza that, at that exact moment. So a lot of uh, convenience going on going on here. This was a heavy contender because I was like, man, this is a layered. This is like just stacked on top of each other. But, Doug, you want to tell them who the winner is? All in all, for this award, we had to go with the retractable ladder from Scream 6, because being a New Yorker, there is no way a random person in New York City has a retractable ladder next to the window. There's no gutters. We murdered Scream 6 to death every time we talk about it, but it's just the reality of the fact is there's no gutters. He's not putting up Christmas lights on his apartment building. That's the city's job. Yeah, you know what? He could hang a, a, a stocking or ornament out of his window. He doesn't have a retractable ladder. That just doesn't happen. Was it even retractable? We'd have to double check that, but that would be even more convenient if he just happened to have like a whole ass ladder, a fort, like a twenty foot, twenty foot ladder just hanging out in his living room. He's like, "Oh, yeah. I have this right here. Here you go." <laughs> and it's not. It would be too unbelievable if he was like watching it from watching it for his dad, who like lives in rural Pennsylvania, and his dad's coming to pick it up. Maybe it's of sentimental value. His dad died on the ladder. He wanted to keep it as a mom- momentum. Uh, yeah. Wait, mo- not momentum. Memento? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. There you of. go. Momentum. <laughs> yes. I can't speak English, guys. 
But either way, the latter wins that round because there's just no way that would be possible. Yeah, he really pulled that out like fucking Carrot Top in Vegas. Just, <laughs> whoa, here you go. <laughs> Didn't know this guy was a prop comic. <laughs> you should get a show on the Vegas Strip. All right, so congrats to Scream 6. I'm sure we will hear more from you throughout this episode. But moving on. Maybe. We don't know yet. Hey, you gotta, you gotta stick around and find out. Anything could happen. Okay, so this next category is a new one as well. This is the Achievement in Time Travel and No Other Subgenre Award. Doug, do you want to tell them who the nominee is? Now, now this was a tough choice. <laughs> Actually, no, it wasn't. <laughs> We're going to go with the Michael Kennedy-directed It's a Wonderful Knife. Wait, did he direct the that man... or just write it? He wrote it. Okay. I apologize. Yeah. Again, not working with a teleprompter here. Um, this man cannot stop writing time travel movies. Or like, it's impossible. Uh, I guess, I mean, he wrote Freaky as well, which is like a body swap. Oh my God, Vince Vaughn changed bodies with a teenage girl. Wackiness ensues. Get, get ready for the excitement. It's just like gimmick horror, I guess, if you want to call it that. He's also involved with Happy Death Day. Yes, and he, um, he wrote a new movie that's coming out next year. I think it's called called Time Cut. Time Cut. It's another time travel movie. If you can believe it, uh, this should have been like the Hack Award. <laughs> uh, there's there's plenty of that. Uh, we could definitely replace that word with a lot of categories, but it's time to get a new stick. Yeah. So you, know, you tried it. It's not working. It's a Wonderful Knife did not work for us as a movie. Uh, technically, writing-wise, character-wise. And then when we do, uh, we went to dig a little deeper mm-hmm. into the filmography of Michael Kennedy, he just really loves time travel. Yeah, so Michael Kennedy, come on up to the stage. Collect your bag of dog shit. Thank you very much. <laughs> and time travel out of here. We'll be looking forward to 2082 when you're still doing time travel movies. <laughs> what if Ghostface travels back in time? Maybe the 1920s during the Prohibition era. <laughs> he gets too drunk and stabs a bunch of cops. All right. Well, <clears throat> moving on along to our next category, the really cool line of the year award. Now, Doug, do you want to read the nominees for us? Oh, absolutely. I've been gargling salt water all day for this. The throat is coated. All right. The nominees for the really cool line of the year award are It's Your Birthright, Dermot Mulroney from Scream 6, You Titty Sucking Parasite, Alyssa Sutherland from Evil Dead Rise, Get Me a Kombucha, Ronnie Chang from Megan. Come on, father and daughter, Team Loomis, let's slice up some motherfuckers. <laughs> Skeet Ulrich in Scream 6. And lastly, what is it, little brother? Ty Simpkin from Insidious the Red Door. Ooh, that's a lot of cringy lines. Um, Evil Dead Rise. This was a tough choice Yeah, for this us. was very tough. I mean, we talked about this last night for a good 10 minutes. Like, God, this is... I mean, Evil Dead Rides, <laughs> there were three or four good contenders just from that movie alone. I mean, uh, the creepy crawlies in my tummy. Um, that, that's an honorable mention because that is just 
Well, uh, that line gives me creepy crawlies in my stomach. I think it's diarrhea. <laughs> what, what other moment from Evil Dead Rise did we laugh at? Or <laughs> you you just recently watched it again? Yes, I watched uh, it like three nights ago. Just uh, like hey, maybe I need to rewatch this. But uh, no, I, I still feel the same. I think it's fucking terrible. It's um, yeah, um, it's it's the well with deadites. It sucks. The, uh, it's easy to compare all of these lines too, because with all these writers, and again, this is just our opinions. These writers seem to think that they're very, very clever and they're not. And it just comes off as cheesy. You know, there's a reason why the cheesiness is so, uh, it, it works in like seventies, eighties, even nineties horror movies. It just seems more believable when it's being delivered by like, actors who really like aren't acting like it really doesn't have like a like a soapy type of energy hmm. this is just like they're they're playing it as it's it's like we're telling you this is funny you should laugh at this right yeah. but it's not it, it it doesn't come off as organic it just comes off as very forced um but with this one the winner it just had to be <laughs> again like Phil said, we talked about this at length yes. and we had different, p- different, uh, you know, points for all these lines, but the winner for this one had to be Ty Simkin and in insidious, the red door with what is it? Little brother. What is it? Little brother. No one says that yeah. ever that, that caught me so off guard and that movie was so deathly boring that that s- actually snapped me out of like a REM sleep cycle. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, why well, take uh, Nyquil and, and again, when you can watch the red a, door? <laughs> he's a he's a college kid. Why is he talking like he's a preach like a preacher? Oh, hey, next year, Nyquil presents the most boring movie award. <laughs> the red door would have won it. Good thing we have this. Uh, good thing we're recording this because I know we're not going to remember that. Yeah, we'll uh, reach out to Nyquil. We'll set it up. <clears throat> Yeah, it'll be. It'll, it's a good idea. We already have enough sponsors to back us up. Yeah, yeah, a lot of heavy hitters this episode. But uh, hey, congratulations to Ty Simpkins and Insidious Red Door. Yeah, thank you for delivering that line as shittily as possible. You boring, dull, poor <laughs> excuse of a movie. <laughs> yeah, it just had no pulse. Yeah, I told you last night when I watched it, I was literally staring at the carpet in the movie theater. I was just like so bored looking at the screen. I'm just like looking around at my surroundings. Yeah, that's a movie I will never return to the further for. First two I love. I I don't need to watch this one again. It stops at two. All right, well, let's move on to a more positive category. We have the good balancing act. Yeah, you know. Try to be fair. We have the best performance in a horror film of the year 2023. So, Doug, what do we got? All right. Best performance in a horror film. We have Sophie Wilde in Talk to Me, mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage in Renfield, Mia Goth in Infinity Pool, Alyssa Sutherland from Evil Dead Rise, <laughs> Joe Bird in Talk to Me. <laughs> You just call me a titty sucking parasite to my face. <laughs> Joe bird and talk to me. And lastly, Leslie Odom jr. In the exorcist believer. 
Yeah, that might uh, come as a surprise to some people that you threw that in there. But hey, say what you want about that movie. The acting was fine. Up until the second act, but Leslie Odom really, you know, anchored the ship. Yeah. Uh, his emotionality translated on the screen. Uh, the chemistry between him and his daughter was fine. Yeah. You know, it was believable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie was a big heaping pile of trash, uh, unfortunately. I still say, eh, that was just okay. Yeah, it wasn't the worst. Uh, again, just an unnecessary sequel, requel, whatever yeah, well. it was. But uh, this one was kind of no competition here. Uh, little competition, but not that much. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to go with Sophie Wilde in Talk to Me. Give her a hand. Um. Yeah. She, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, uh, I just got chills down my spine from that. But yeah, she... I got the creepy crawlies in my spine. Yeah, I got the creepy crawlies in my tummy. <laughs> Um, I'm a Toys R Us kid. (laughs) But yeah, I thought she was great. It was the first time that we had ever seen her in anything. I'm sure she's done other stuff, but I thought she was great. She did the possession scenes really well. Um, The emotional stuff with her dead mother. I mean, she, she was great. And the people that I see quite often, actually, that don't like this movie... They always bring up her. They're like, yeah, I thought the lead actress was dumb and she was terrible. I'm like, what movie did you see? I thought she was great. Yeah. I mean, the movie didn't quite uh, hit my soul like it did you. Um, I I enjoyed the movie, but if it wasn't for her performance, like she was really selling it. Uh, She really did a like a like a really solid balancing act between you know, you could really feel for her between the emotions that she was feeling when she was, you know, reaching out to her mom spiritually, yeah. how that was affecting her poor judgment about what was happening in reality. Mm-hmm. And she sold all facets of her personality. I feel like every every character in that movie was really realized. Everyone had their own personality. They all felt natural. Over the top. Yeah, organic, yeah. natural. Yes. Uh, the dialogue was great and Sophie Wilde again. I will I will use this phrase again. She anchored the ship. There you go. Sophie Wilde. Congratulations on your Spookies Award. Please come on the show sometime. We'll talk about it. Um, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Love to talk to Sophie Wilde. <laughs> Nothing but praise for her. All right, Doug. So we are going to... Let's go, baby. Let's go. We are going to go from best performance of the year to... Now, I meant to talk to you about this earlier. Should we rename this? This The Home Depot presents the Plank of Wood Award? Best best <laughs> wooden performance? I kind of like that it's attached to a name. Okay, okay. Melissa Barrera was really, like, front-running this one. Okay, it's the uh, Melissa... that kind of inspired it, it. And I feel like she deserves credit. It's the Melissa Barrera Spirit Award. So... <laughs> I hate to sound so mean. Hey, there's hey, Melissa Melissa Barrera isn't even on the nominees for this award because she stepped it up. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, she was horrible in Scream Five, and she did much better in Scream Six. And we hope whoever wins this award does the same. 
you get better at your craft. Yes. This is this is what reviewing movies and being a cinephile does. You know, we like critiquing. We love watching movies. We don't ever want to go into a movie expecting it to be, you know, the best or terrible. We want to see a good movie. Of course. But we're going to be honest, yeah. you know, and we have opinions and so does everyone else. Um Though again, this is all subjective. This is just our opinions of how we felt watching these movies. Um, this one also we talked about at length. There were a lot of good contenders. Yeah, this was uh, that really channeled the inner, the inner Melissa Barrera, you know, wooden spirit. All right. Well, why don't you read the nominees? Also, we do stand with Melissa Barrera in her decision to uh, move on from Scream Seven. By the way, yeah, I think uh, the world should move on from Scream Seven, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right, what are the nominees? All right, the nominees for the Melissa Barrera Spirit Award is Dermot Mulroney in Scream 6. Well-deserved. Hayden Panettiere from Scream 6. Uh, she gets the Sleepwalking Award. <laughs> <laughs> Tomas Sinelli from Thanksgiving, uh, the big dumb jock. Uh, then we have Allison Williams in Megan. Mm -hmm. Ty Simkin from Insidious the Red Door. And then Ronnie Chang. From Megan. All right. Well, don't don't keep the people in anticipation. Who is the winner, Doug? After much talking and consideration, much debate. Um, yes, yes, a whole lot of debating. We went back and forth on this for a couple minutes. I was eating chips and shoving them down my face. Uh, Allison Williams from Megan. Yeah, she had to take it this year. Uh, she was on the screen for a long time and it was just as boring as watching the wall. Yeah. She's, um, definitely a piece of stale toast and stale toast is actually pretty enjoyable from time to time. <laughs> yeah. This was literally fucking, this was a tile floor, yeah. a, a, a manila folder, if you will, just bland, yeah, just a no flavor, cardboard, no pizzazz cardboard sandwich. Seriously, yeah, just straight up, just mayonnaise. And I know you love mayonnaise, but <laughs> she's mayonnaise. Mayonnaise and cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> a Southern royalty special. Uh, but yeah, she just didn't give it her all. She really never gives it her all. Yeah, and I don't know if it was... Uh, her character wasn't exactly written to be likable, you know, but just her... She just doesn't have the charisma, the the pizzazz. No, She's the, just... the, no presence, yeah. no on-screen presence. And I, I brought this up to you last night, <clears throat> and I asked you if you liked her in Get Out. Because I, I've watched Get Out. I love that movie. I watched it on a plane. I watched it three times before that. I think I, I'm up to, like I don't know, I've seen it five times. Uh, she just doesn't... And, and this might be why people hire her for those specific roles. I don't know if it's really typecasting, but again, she just has no personality. She doesn't like draw you in. Yeah. Well, for that role specifically, she didn't really have to be. I mean, her character was sort of, she, I don't know. She was just there. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like in that position, she had to be charming in order to like, get these multiple people to like, come back to the house and all that stuff. But she right. didn't really give off. The charm factor. Yeah. So, uh, Allison Williams, in the spirit of the award, do better. We want to see you thrive. Yeah. 
Megan 2.0 comes out in, from what I read last night, they're aiming for January of 2025. So really sticking with that January slot. Yeah. Well, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that for some reason. Just uh, there's potential there. I th- I think what they should do with that movie is now that people know about it, it's like a known IP. Make it rated R. Let's not give us a director's cut. Make it rated R. You know people are going to come out to see it. People loved that movie. Yeah. And had a great time with it. And I had a great theater experience with that too. Make it rated R and just go balls to the wall, baby. I agree. Yeah, say what you want about it, but it was a fun experience in the theater. So, Yeah, I was laughing at the people laughing. Yeah. All right, Allison Williams, shout out. Thanks for uh, being a good sport. <clears throat> go eat some. Thanks for being you. Go eat some Fruit Loops with your milk separate. Isn't that what she was doing in Get Out? Uh, yeah, she was like dipping Fruit Loops in a glass of milk. Hey, like eating it with her hand. Okay, that's kind of like what watching her act is like—just eating <laughs> the most relatable thing that she could do. <laughs> eating dry Fruit Loops. <laughs> oh, white people. Okay, Doug. This is a new award. Um, this one's gonna be a little, little different, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's so stupid. I really debated, <laughs> should we even include this? No, you might, you must have been like taking a dump when you thought of this, because it's brilliant. Great ideas come from being in the bathroom. So this is the Natalie Imbruglia Torn Award. These are movies that we are torn on. I'm already torn. I'm a little late. This is how this is the period. Remember hit clips? Uh, yeah, I think so. It was like the little Tamagotchi-shaped things that only played thirty seconds of the song. Was this up there? It could have been. Okay. My sister had a Backstreet Boys one, an NSYNC one, Britney Spears. Unfortunately, Natalie Imbruglia didn't get her comeuppance with the hit clips, but. That's a classic 90s hit. Hey, I listened to it last night. It fucking slaps. Still good song. great song. And thank you, Natalie, for agreeing to sponsor this award. We really appreciate it. So the Torn Award, there are movies that we're torn on. We're like, well, I like this, but I... Yeah, I don't. There's only two nominees. We have... Well, Doug, go ahead. We have Skinamarink and Infinity Pool. Now, I think this is funny because i loved skin of a rink you were half and half on it and infinity pool uh we're kind of both half and half on yeah i i don't think i saw a single person rave about infinity pool it everybody's kind of like somewhere in the middle like ah, it was, yeah it there's was really good. no extreme love for it right and then skin of a rink is divisive all around yeah um well do you want to go ahead and say the winner then we'll go from there the winner for the natalie and brulia don't pronounce the fucking g torn award is skinamarink yes i am torn on this movie because i really applaud the director for doing something completely different and it created a unique world when I was watching this movie, I, it kind of puts you in a hypnotic state. And I was like, okay, I'm in this world. 
I've submitted. I've left my expectations of what a traditional movie should be. Do something with this world you created. But he just never really does. It's like... And you saw it in theaters, so you had like a whole different experience than I did. Yes. Um, so yeah, it, it just felt like a missed opportunity. Like, okay, you got me. Like, now do something with this world that you've created. But he just didn't... It needed, like, a punch or something. Yeah, this movie was very experimental. <clears throat> and you could tell that, like you said... You could tell his thought process was, you know, really on display here. I think it's up to anyone's interpretation to really decipher the meaning of this movie. But he really uh, used silence to his advantage because the silence was deafening. Yeah. In this movie, it was so loud. It was like a character in the movie. And it was it's a very slow burn. It's it's more of an experience Mm -hmm. than like a fully fleshed out movie because I, I wouldn't watch it again by myself, but I would show it to people if they've never seen it before and like shut all the lights off, put the phone away and just be fully immersed in this world yeah, uh, that he created. And I still don't even know what it's about, but if a movie can get you thinking mm-hmm. and spark conversation, I, th- I think you have a, a fucking hit on your hands. Yeah. So I would like to see more of this, like directors coming out and just creating this unique vision instead of the, I'll take this over Insidious, the red door any fucking day, just boring, absolutely, just uninspired. I'd rather have something like this. So while it didn't quite land for me, I appreciate what he was trying to do and I look forward to seeing what he does next. Yeah. This movie brought a lot of people together. It, a lot of people were very divisive on it and people went out to go see it in the theater, which was awesome. Uh, I can only imagine what that was like. Uh, Cause I unfortunately uh, couldn't get off work to watch into the theater, but you got a chance to see it in the theater and it is a full on made for cinema. Like it is, it is perfect for the movie theater. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's like the type of movie you want to watch with people. Yeah, definitely the most quiet movie experience I've ever had. I could hear every sigh of frustration from every bored person in the movie theater, which got really annoying. I was like, I get it. You're (laughs) bored. You want to go home. So leave. Nobody's holding you gunpoint. Watch Insidious the Red Door where there's jump scare after jump scare. If you like that stuff, there's that. But... It's nice. It's nice to see a director just really have no studio giving him notes because you know that was all him. And refreshing to see somebody subverting expectations of what a movie should be. Like even myself, I'm like, oh, like just hit me with a scare right now. You got me. Like I, I'm, I'm sold now. Just come on, bring it. And he does. And the, the tension was scary enough for yeah. if for me. And that's and I really love talking about this movie with people because you were waiting for something and you were like, all right, where are the scares? Mm-hmm. You were waiting for something. And then I was scared, like leading up to those moments of silence where there I'm like, you know, you're staring at the screen and you can't really make out what's going on. And then just these really this the scenes that 
something did happen and they really did deliver. I, I thought, and it really made me feel unnerved and I couldn't even get through it. The first uh, watch hmm. so that scared, literally scared the shit out of me. Uh, so there's that skin rink. All right. For the Natalie Imbruglia award. What's the director's name? Kyle Edward ball or something. Yes. Okay. Come on up and collect your awards while torn by Natalie Imbruglia plays. Great song. I'm inside, I'm torn. This is how I feel. Go down with it. I'm already torn. Okay. But the harmony is going, baby. All right. The next award. Very excited about. Um, new sponsor of the show. Couldn't be happier to present this next award. We have Boston Market presents the Hamming It Up Award. And with that, we have Dermot Mulroney from Scream 6, Ronnie Chang from Megan. Give me a kombucha. And Aquafina from Renfield. Ooh. Light, light on the nominees, but they make up for it with screaming. With the ham. And with that pun intended, it's going to Dermot Mulroney from Scream 6. Really just sitting in front of the fridge and devouring that big old ham. Yeah, he's the guy at Golden Ooh. Corral slicing up the ham in the buffet line. He's like, you want some more? Here you go. Let me load up that And plate. then he takes it away from you, punches a baby, and eats it all for himself. Because holy shit. <laughs> this man was hooting, hollering, screaming, yelling this whole entire movie. And mugging to the camera, overselling, overacting. It was just a big old heap of poopy. Yeah. Heap of but, poopy. <laughs> and we want to thank, you know, Boston Market really. Yeah. You know, we came to them with this idea. Uh, we wanted to get them as a sponsor for a long time mm -hmm. for the last spookies. Uh, they saw our work. They saw what we were doing. Boston Market really put in their hard-earned dollars to present this award. Uh, so, you know, go out to Boston Market. Eat a lot of ham. Eat the corn. The corn's great. Yeah, I, I don't even know what they sell at Boston Market other than ham and corn, apparently. But say that, huh? Oh, I mean, um, of course, I love our sponsors. I eat I eat Boston Market all the time. We apologize. Yes, we love Boston Market. We, yes. Uh, also coming out soon, uh, Spook House Boston Market collab T-shirts. There you go. Yeah, uh, they're gonna do a special menu item next October for us. So, the spook ham, oh. <laughs> honey baked spook ham. <laughs> <laughs> so shout shout out to those lovely folks. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Dressed up in suits, talking about Boston Market. <laughs> Who would have thought twenty twenty three would have came to this? Hey, but uh, I, I'm I love it though. Here we go. We got to show out for the people. Hey. All right, moving on to the next award. So this is this is an important award here. This is the Just Stop Award. All right, the nominees are Blumhouse and Unnecessary Reboots Strictly for Cash Profit in the Disguise as a Creative Choice. Literally all time travel slash body swap based horror movies. Fast, soulless, and rapid fire stabbing. Looking at you, Scream Straight 6. white men writing for teenagers of all genders. What was I that? I said, looking at you, Scream 6. The only one. Uh, 
Where are we? Uh, contorted spider walking. Yeah, just stop. It's not spooky anymore. Oh, they're walking weird. Evil Dead Rise. Time travel. Didn't you already say that one? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I have it down twice. Uh, well, it deserves to be nominated twice. Once for the past, one for the future. Hey, there we go. Uh, <laughs> setting people on fire. Yeah. Stick. Evil Dead Rise. Uh, we had, I guess, Pearl, while a great movie, it did set somebody on fire. Hereditary did it as well. Yeah. And lastly, Scream 7. Yeah. Scream 7, if, uh, well, why don't you go ahead and say the winner, Zug? The winner is Scream 7, because that just needs to stop. I feel like that train needs to pause. I feel like it's not even us saying stop. It's the universe. I mean, first you had the um, radio silence guys. They just sort of quietly dipped out. And we were like, wait, I thought this was like their baby. Like they were going to. It seemed like it was a creative choice at that point because we didn't really see the behind the scenes deal uh and then things just started going off the rails yeah, then christopher landon signed on to direct the director of freaky wow would have loved to seen what he could have done with that maybe bodies <laughs> which makes our ghost face time traveling plot even more appealing yeah i'm sure he would have brought in michael kennedy like yeah i'd a uh, good friend of mine i, I think he could workshop some ideas how about uh how about time travel what do you say, guys? He has one idea. Yeah. So, yeah, Christopher Landon left. Then Melissa Barrera was fired over some bullshit for just speaking her mind. And then Jen Ortega was like, see ya. So it's like the universe is screaming. Just stop. Yep. And then and then Christopher Landon got fired or walked away. Well, Christopher Landon quit after writing. What, did he quit or did he get fired? Uh, I don't know. I think he quit. I feel like that was very like innocuous. Yeah. Remember that lovely tweet he put up like, guys, stop fighting. Everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. It almost seemed like his son took his phone and wrote yeah, that. Like, something. dude, what are you 12? Imagine um, Wes Craven. The always, well-spoken, intelligent Wes Craven writing that tweet. Guys, stop fighting. Some people just can't take comments. And listen, you're on the internet. You're on Twitter. They are a, there are a loud majority of people that love stuff and hate stuff. And you're going to have to deal with all assets of it. Just like, you know, anything that could happen in the, in the media world or really anything. But we're talking about entertainment, so we'll go with that. Um, people will criticize every single move you make. Yeah. And you could choose to not pay attention to it or you could choose to pay attention to it. But some things you just have to ignore. Like you're doing your thing and Christopher Landon was doing his thing, no matter what the people were going to say. So it's just a weird response to it's like, yeah. it's like, again, going back against like, you know, Twitter bullying or online bullying, but like, don't even you're, don't answer it. That's an option too. Yeah, I don't know, but that movie is just a hot mess. I think it would benefit everybody just to say, hey, I think somebody's telling us to just stop. So let's just 
walk away from this for a few years and maybe something will shake loose. Stop trying to force it right now. I mean, I would love a new Scream movie I could get behind. The last two, just, there was something off about them. So I would love to see a nice return to form. I don't know what that's going to look like or where they should go, but put a little time in between this train wreck that is Scream 7 and whatever is going to happen. I fully agree. Um, now, would you want to see like a hard reboot? Like just completely revamp it. Keep Ghostface in it because that's the main antagonist. But new story, new characters, no, and just completely rework no, it. Or, no Sydney, no Gail. Um, I could kind of get behind that. Yeah, because like, you know, if you really want to close out, you know, the way Scream 6 ended... You don't really need to go on from that. Yeah, I mean, they... You know, everyone was all happy, hunky-dory, walking off into the sunset. They survived multiple stab wounds and walked away into the sunset, living happily ever after. We got the happy ending with those people. Yep, so. I thought John Wick was going to pop out of the dumpster and start, start shooting people. Um, hey, I thought of something. Didn't Chad get stabbed, like, oh, 20 more times in Scream 5 on top of the 16 stab wounds? So his whole body just must be made of scar tissue at this point he should have been casted for superman because that is a body of steel <laughs> yeah yeah it was just so unrealistic i mean we could talk about scream six all day which we have already um, but we will just stop as well good idea yeah. good point <laughs> okay so we will move it along to the next category i'm sure people love hearing us talk about scream <sighs> all right we are going to move it along to the Animal of the Year Award. Yes, baby. So many good animals, so many adorable little babies in the year of uh, 2023 of horror movies. And the nominees are the Mastiff from When Evil Lurks, Alexander Skarsgård in Infinity Pool. I just noticed that. <laughs> and the Bulldog from Talk to Me. Yeah. Uh, as we would love to give all of these uh, happy boys and girls uh, the award, it's going to have to go to the Mastiff from When Evil Lurks. Uh, that dog has muscles. Yeah, that's uh, the same kind of dog from The Sandlot. So maybe it's a distant what relative. What was the dog's name in The Sandlot? Zeus? The Beast? Or, or that's the what beast. they called it? Yeah. What was the... He had a real name. Uh, I don't think it's Zeus, but it's something else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that dog was adorable until it wasn't. And it was still adorable until it wasn't. Yeah. I feel like this also <laughs> could have gone to the bulldog from talk to me. Cause uh, I don't know that scene where the guy wakes up and he's kissing the dog is, I don't know. It's something so. that disgusted me um, out of any scene in that movie. Actually, any scene of any movie this year. <laughs> that was very disturbing. Uh, that dog is adorable. Its little snorts were so cute. Um, but when evil lurks, man, that dog took it to the next level. Yeah, so come on up to the stage and collect your your tennis ball. You're such a good boy. Thank you for your contributions to film in 2023. Yes, we look forward to seeing you in more roles. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I was talking to him on the red carpet earlier. He has a new agent. He's really excited about Great dog, right? Yeah. Um, what's that? 
I had some trees for him in my pocket. <laughs> nice gas yeah. station beef jerk. <laughs> That's what I keep in the blazer. Um, <laughs> all right, so moving it along, bear with me here as I read this title that Doug wrote. Um, <laughs> best sequel, prequel, recall, reboot between the first two-thirds or five-tenths of a franchise award. Nailed it. Thank you. And that nominee and winner, there's only one. You guessed it. It's Saw X. Because why? Um, yeah, I didn't see Saw X. I don't think I've seen a Saw movie since the late 2000s. Yeah, I really love Saw. Uh, it is my guilty pleasure, even though I'm not really guilty about it. Uh, even though it gets really convoluted. I actually did not see this movie as well. I just felt like we needed to include it. Um, but I do need to watch it. Um, and they're making another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just in between movies. It's just really no, it's just a cash grab at this point. Yeah. I feel like, because like we already know that you really don't need to fill in gaps yeah. to stuff that we already know and see. So like, it's not really going to add any more layers to it as many layers as saw has already. So just had to shout it out uh, for the ridiculous nature that it is. All right. Congratulations to saw X. Um, could maybe be included in the just stop award as well, but Hey, I don't know. I, I actually heard good things about the last one. So people did enjoy it. Yeah. So we're not hating. Maybe I'm just being ignorant and need to catch up on the saw franchise. I don't know. We're just making jokes out here, folks. Hey, we're just having fun on the red carpet out here. (laughs) All right, moving it on along to the Jim Ross Presents Stop the Damn Match Award. (laughs) By God. We had to to reach out to our good old pal JR. He's got a foreign Uh, object. (laughs) Stop it, King. Just tell him to stop. (laughs) You know, we love JR. Ever since the 90s, and he he really blessed us with uh, using his name in this award. Uh, By his books, he's a great person. Uh, This this award goes to uh, Joe Bird. The Joe Bird head bash and talk to me. Yeah, he he really took a beating and talked to me. I mean, you have the first initial possession, and he's slamming his head into the table. And going back to what you said about sound design being so important, like you could hear every, I think like the last two or three slams, you could hear like bones slightly cracking yeah. along with the the meaty thud. Ugh. And like when he and when he's in the bathtub and he's cracking his head on the tile, yeah. like you know when you when you like see someone get hit with like aluminum bat, or you just like think about it and you like you could feel it, like you would hear it. Uh-huh. I like felt that against the tile like it just you just feel days just thinking about yeah, it kind of like uh, uh in casino when they're beating joe pesci with baseball bats that's the most disturbing scene that i can't watch that scene without like physically reacting to it yeah it's pretty brutal hey come here wise there guy ping <laughs> ping pow <laughs> and you get buried alive like it's just such a brutal death but uh yeah, this was this really upped the gore factor in Talk to Me for a movie with not a lot of kills. Mm-hmm. They they really went for it. Yeah, because we were talking about best kill last night and we were like, who dies in Talk to Me? 
And uh, Joe Bird, he survives. Yeah, the real though, not that many people die in that movie, at least of the main cast that we're watching throughout the whole uh, film. Uh, but we needed to include Joe Bird somehow because the dude is phenomenal with the little screen time that he got and he made the fucking most out of it. And those are just really great scenes. Yeah. And like that's like, that's a horror movie to me. Yeah. Like there needs to be more of that. Yeah. I'm happy to see like, that. Uh, real... Hey, you win the coming around award. Cause uh... <laughs> I feel like you, you came around to talk to me a little bit. I don't, I need to watch it again. And I saw it twice, but like, I, I, I know, I feel like I should love it. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I don't know why it's just missing that, that special ingredient that I need to get to that upper echelon of love. Um, and I do like it. I like the movie. Yeah. Well, Hey, that's fair. There's nothing I hate about it. What's that? I said, Hey, that's fair. Um, I, I, I will, I won't shit on it. I, I there's no way I, I, you can shit on that movie. Well, a lot of people do, and I disagree, but we are going to move it on along to the Horrible Parents Award. Who was the sh All right. who were the shittiest parents in 2023, Doug? And there were plenty of them. Uh, we have Allison Williams from Megan, Lizzie Kaplan from Cobweb, the two white parents from The Exorcist Believer. And Dermot Mulroney from Scream 6. Boy, Dermot. Dermot. Nice name. Dermot Mulroney really sweeping the categories this year. He's been in like five or six. And all of them are attached to something horrible. <laughs> but the winner for the Horrible Parents Award goes to the two white parents from The Exorcist Believer. Yeah. Because, wow. Yeah, they did not give a shit about their kid. Not one bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say about them. I kind of forgot they were in the movie, but um, when you throw out the nominees, it's just the two white parents from Exorcist. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that's got to be in there. At the end of the movie, I mean, the the whatever, the I don't think it's Pazuzu, even though he didn't say, I think it is. I don't really care. Let's go with Pazuzu. Uh, said that they have to choose, and they did not fight that well for their kid. Yeah. And that's pretty despicable in my eyes. At least Allison Williams, she was ignoring uh, her, her niece, but she gave her a bed. She gave her breakfast. Yeah, technically, nice she's roof. not a parent, so she gets off. That's she gets off the hook by disqualification. Yeah. Lizzie Kaplan was in her own way trying to protect her kid uh, in a really aggressive type of way. Um, yeah. But, you know, still had a roof over his head. Cooked meals, had a nice pumpkin patch in the backyard. I don't know if you could call that a convenience factor, but I mean, hey, there's a spooky pumpkin patch in the backyard, but I don't know. It was Halloween. Yeah, it had a good atmosphere. That's the best thing that movie had going for it was yeah. the fall atmosphere. Certainly wasn't the last I... 20 minutes when it turned into Spider-Man. <laughs> turned into a Marvel movie for the last 20 minutes. All right, we have two more categories. These are heavy hitters. These, these are the heavy hitters. Ooh, brace yourself, folks. Okay. Whoa, what's that? Jason Statham. Oh my God. Okay, you want to? Is Jason here? He, Jason is here. He wants to present this next award. 
Yes. Come on up, Jason. Yeah, thank What's you. What's up, big thank dog? You. All right. Before I present this award, I just want to plug my new movie, The Beekeeper. Go see it. I kick a lot of ass, and I take care of bees. All right. With that out of the way, it's time for the best scene of the year. Go ahead, Douglas. He said my name. <laughs> okay. Uh, the nominee is for best scene of the year. Thank you so much, Jason. Uh, I loved you in the transporter. Thank you. Uh, we have the love you. We have the dog attack love you too. from when evil lurks. The Joe bird head bash from talk to me. Ice cream time from when evil lurks. When the uh, autistic child pulls, uh, pulls the grandmother's hair out of his mouth. Uh, we have Betty by from skin of rink. When the kid is staring uh, longingly and kind of lovingly at his uh, parents sitting on the bed and the Megan shuffle where Megan is dancing in Megan. Yeah, those are good picks for different reasons, but uh, there can a lot of variety in this category. There can only be one winner. So Doug, who is the winner? That's right, Jason. You're absolutely right. <laughs> the winner for best scene of the year goes to the dog attack from when evil lurks. I mean, you can't argue with that. I was saying last night that I can't remember the last time I was watching a movie and I was truly shocked at what was happening. Like, are they really doing this right now? <laughs> like the buildup of that scene with the parents arguing and it was so good. cutting back to the dog and then the kid walks up beside the dog and it's like what's that kid doing beside the dog they're not gonna no way and then it fucking happens and the whole time like talk about subverting expectations they want you to know that something's happening yeah and they want you to think that you know what's happening and it just gets worse it, whatever you're that's a that's a terrible fear for like a parent to have that kid got ragdolled. Yeah, that that, kid... that extra shot when you see the, the kid in the dog's mouth and it's shaking yeah. it back and forth. I was like, yo, stop stop the damn match, my God. Because that's a stop the goddamn match moment. <laughs> and when it first happens, you know, the, the, the daughter and the dog are in the foreground mm -hmm. and it's kind of blurred out so you know what's happening. And then that pan to when they're under the table and he's just ragdolling her like a fucking Petco toy. Yeah. It's just, it, it's rough. It's rough to watch. Uh, I have never like, again, it takes me a lot to get like really like disturbed, but like that was a genuine, like, holy shit moment. I like, yeah. I was watching it by myself and I turned to no one and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, did you just see that? <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a wild scene in a, a really refreshing movie. Uh, we both love when evil lurks. You saw it. In theaters, I, right? I did. I was lucky enough to catch it on the big screen, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, that was a really, really solid movie uh, for 2023, and definitely one to uh, keep watching. I, I think I forgot to tell you this, but when I was watching that movie in theaters, next door they had the Taylor Swift concert movie going. Oh, yeah. So, like, in the <laughs> quiet moments of When Evil Lurks, I could just hear Taylor Swift. Like, Lavender Haze going on or whatever the fuck. I, I don't know but um <laughs> quite, quite the, lost quite the combination when evil lurks <laughs> and taylor swift but yes very well deserved winner of best scene of the year and now we get to the final moment of the evening that you've all been waiting for 
This is the pinnacle of every award show. The pinnacle of cinema. Forget about the Phil? Oscars. It's time for the best horror film of the year. This is for all the marbles. So, Doug, why don't you read them all for us? For best horror film of the year, we have When Evil Lurks. Uh, we have Talk to Me, directed by the Philippou Brothers. Thanksgiving, directed by Eli Roth. Infinity Pool, directed by Brandon Cronenberg. And Evil Dead Rise, directed by Lee Cronin. Do you want to open up the envelope and say it together? Uh, sure. Okay. All right. All right. Opening up the envelope here. And the winner is... Talk, talk to me! To me. <laughs> Very delayed reaction, but Talk <laughs> to Me wins the best horror film of the year, according to the Spook House. We had to give it to Talk to Me after much deliberation. I mean... Yeah, it was it was a toss-up between this and When Evil Lurks, but I think we both settled on the fact that, you know, if you go, like, acting versus acting, they're both done really well. However, Talk to Me explores more range... It's more of a range of emotion, where When Evil Lurks, while really solid it was just dark grim yeah. hopeless which is great but talk to me sort of just had just a little more depth and the unique camera work yeah. the sound design by the directors very stylish and unique so it just had a lot going for it yeah we just had to give it to talk to me and as that's not my favorite film of the year there was no question that it had to go to talk to me. Phil listed everything that we were both thinking that I think that if you don't like talk to me, give it another try because it really does have, you know, deep themes that I think is very important uh, with mental health dealing with that. And it's a very relatable movie for, you know, character work uh, because I feel like a lot of people can see themselves in Sophie. Uh, Sophie Wilde's character yes, and um, has really good horror elements to it. Uh, they don't get lost on that. The Philippu brothers are very aware. It's still a horror movie despite having, you know, having drama in the forefront of the movie. Right. Uh, because you could take out the horror elements and still have a really solid movie. Uh, it works as a drama. And then the horror just really takes it to that level of being really now. I know you were affected by this movie very heavily and a lot of others were affected by it. Uh, and I could see why mm -hmm. all around. Very, uh, I think a little more than when evil lurks a little more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Co not coherent, cohesive. Sure. Also has, um, I think it has a higher rewatchability factor than when evil lurks. Like, I wouldn't show When Evil Lurks to everybody, but I would recommend Talk to Me, like, pretty much to everyone. Like, yeah, it's a horror movie, but there's there's more to latch on to. Hmm. I guess that goes on preference, uh, what the person is into, because I would recommend When Evil Lurks to people. Yeah. The sheer fact that it's just like, if you want a balls-out possession movie, When Evil Lurks is like... I, maybe, I would love to like rank possession movies uh, mm. 
maybe on an episode because I don't know where that would fit in, but, and this might be recency bias, but it's up there. Oh, for sure. It's up there. Yeah. It, it it definitely has a new unique uh, look on the possession genre and has a set of new rules. And like you said, this movie ends completely hopeless. Yeah. It's like which not a lot of movies do. Yeah. That movie was like, fuck you. The movie's over. Uh, that's it. Yeah, you can't do <laughs> you can't do anything about it. How do you like them apples and fade to black? Yeah, but um, looking at the other contenders here, that's adorable. You put Evil Dead Rise up here, but the other two, <laughs> Thanksgiving, I could see somebody saying like, "Yeah, that was my favorite movie of the year," based on like fun factor. Like, hey, I I miss slasher throwbacks. Like, yeah, we need more of that. So, actually, I really need to rewatch Thanksgiving because I yeah, I did same. like it. I feel like maybe we come off as shitting on it, but I I mean I respect Eli Roth for bringing back the slasher on the big screen, and it was fun. Oh. It was a fun watch. Great kills. Um, just overall as a whole movie, didn't take the spooky award this year. Yeah, it didn't it didn't quite pack that that punch that I was specifically looking for in a slasher. It didn't really check off all my boxes. Uh, But John Carver, I think, is a fun villain to watch out for. I mean, I definitely want to see what happens next. Yeah. Uh, And Eli Eli Roth, I think he's a good director. Maybe he needs to find someone uh, to help write dialogue. Kind of. Yeah. Work on work on character a little bit more. Yeah. Um, he's not as bad as Rob Zombie, people, but yeah, maybe no, no, maybe bring in somebody to like sharpen up the script a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I, I think the kills in Thanksgiving, uh, some of the kills were very like short and very like short lived that you didn't really get to get a chance to be in the moment. It was very quick moving, aside from a couple. Uh, so I'd like to see more drawn out type of stuff mm-hmm. uh because he's really great at that i mean he made hostile and that was like really gross out type of stuff uh which was effective yeah uh but yeah i would like to watch thanksgiving again uh and really uh, wrap my brain around infinity pool we talked about it earlier but it just uh you know just a little torn on it it was fine just a middle of the road type yeah of great premise i feel like it could have done more like it was a unique idea, but for some reason I I found it kind of forgettable and I have to like really struggle yeah. when I think about what happened in that movie. But I like to call it David Cronenberg light. Mm, kind of like it has that. a lot of sci-fi elements, but doesn't go too deep. And that's what I actually liked about it. Uh, rather than uh, Brandon Cronenberg's possessor, which was very, and this is just me speaking. I don't know about you. It takes me a while to fully understand a David Cronenberg movie uh-huh. and even Possessor because there's just a whole lot of information thrown at you. Yeah. And uh, so that's how I felt about Possessor. But Infinity Pool, I like that it was more simplified. And Mia Goth was just. She's Mia Goth. Yeah. She does what Mia Goth does. Yeah. So strong contenders. Um... James! Other than Evil Dead Rise, I don't see how that's on the list. But um, I still stand by if this wasn't Evil Dead and it was just 
you know, insert movie title here. It would be a fart in the wind of horror movies of 2023, but listen, Hey, listen, <laughs> I only put it on there because out of all the major franchises that came out this year, this one stood the test of time. Oh, what evil dead. Yeah. Evil dead rise out of like scream six. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else fucking came out this year? Saw we didn't see, so I guess we can't count that, but Oh, you're talking about like, like the, the big name franchises. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Big name franchises that came out with sequels this year. Okay. I guess Evil Dead was the best out of all of them. Hey, uh, I sent you that scene from Evil Dead Rise the other night when she takes a bite out of that dude's eyeball and then yeah. other guy is looking at it and he's like, what the? Yeah. And she spits it in his mouth. He's like, what? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Need to have the Benny Hill music playing under that. Pretty much. Like, oh my God, she spit an eyeball in a guy's mouth. And, uh, just. And that's no, where no, no. Sam Raimi thrives because like it is so campy and ridiculous. And I can see what the they were going campy for. And ridiculous the entire time. What I, I said, I see what they were going for. Like, hey, let's do some kind of schlocky evil dead stuff. But it, it lacks the 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 touch of Sam Raimi. Yes, the camp, the campiness was missing from it. Yeah. They were tra- it was just forced. It just felt very forced. They were playing Evil Dead Bingo. Like, oh, let's include this. <laughs> let's put this in there. Oh well, we, Dead by Dawn. We gotta say Dead, Dead by Dawn. Yeah, Ugh. just just heavily relying on nostalgia. And again, people loved it, but ultimately, it was okay. Yeah, in in our eyes. Um, so when evil lurks, uh, right up there, but talk to me just absolutely takes it for, uh, the year of 2023 in horror. Yeah. So overall, not the best year for horror, but looking forward to 2024, I think this is going to be a killer year. I mean, just looking at the, the ones you do have on this list here. I mean, we got Maxine, the talk to me sequel, terrifier three, Smile too, I guess. Um, Nosferatu, <laughs> the It Follows sequel. That, what is Cuckoo? Ooh, so that movie uh, is with Hunter Schaefer from Euphoria, and it's directed by. I probably should have put down the director, but it's been kind of on the back burner. I think it was supposed to come out in 2023, but uh, if you're familiar with Euphoria, uh, Hunter Schaefer is such a good fucking actress hmm. uh i'm i'm looking forward to this one uh specifically uh just off of her but it is uh directed by tillman singer and it has dan stevens jessica henwick also in the cast he directed this movie called lose l-u-z which i actually watched i think it was on netflix uh shutter mind you uh yeah i'm pumped about that all right cool well lots to look forward to in 2024 i think it's gonna crush this previous year so and hey we got night swim baby first horror movie of 2024 are you gonna go yeah uh yeah i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited about another blumhouse movie kicking off another year uh yeah yeah i'm excited to uh 
hopefully have my expectations uh dropped yeah i mean i'll go see it but i don't have high hopes it looks uh quite generic no yeah i do not have high expectations for this movie uh usually january is kind of like the dull month for movies to come out yeah uh they tend to do pretty shitty but um you know what it could it could really subvert our expectations and it could be a fun movie i don't see it being that but we won't judge it until we see it hey you never know um anything could happen yeah well doc you want to go ahead and uh Head on out of here, get off the red carpet, go take these blazers off. I think I might actually uh, kick it in this blazer all night. I mean, you do look good. You look very, you needed like a corncob pipe or something. <laughs> with your... I was thinking about getting like a, uh, like a pork pie hat. Hmm. Yeah. Or like the Peaky Blinders hat. Maybe like a monocle. Monocle would look good. Yeah. You should be rocking a fedora. With like a feather hanging out of it. <laughs> Maybe a gold chain. Like a nice 24 carat gold plated. Well, hey, it's still kind of early in the evening. Maybe uh might go out to dinner tonight dressed like this. I don't know. Hey, what are you doing for the after party? Uh, You know, um, Jason Statham invited me onto his yacht. So we're just going to kind of hang out. And um, yeah, you know, just go over the Beekeeper 2 script. So, Wow, he's giving you a writing credit for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we hang, we hang out. Lovely. I, I like that. Uh, this is a good in for us. Yeah. I mean, maybe not for us, but this came out and uh, well, we we meant to put this episode out before 2023 was over, but um, apparently my immune system is just shit and, um, you know, things happen so we couldn't get it done. But looking back on 2023, it's been a great year and again. Thank you so much for listening. We got big plans in 2024. We will talk about all that later. But Doug, any anything to say to the good people? Any parting words? Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, take care of yourself. Always eat more pasta. <laughs> uh, it's only January. Pace yourselves. Uh, yourselves. Uh, I can't talk English today. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's what we do. But baby. Yeah. We fucking stutter and muttering. That's stutter and muttering prick you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, love everybody for listening, for uh, listening to hear us uh, talk nonsense and talk movies and talk shit. Uh, it was a great time in 2023. Went to California. We had a fucking blast. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do something this year. Uh, we're both going to be at... Uh, Carolina Fear Fest. I'm coming down yes. to hang with Phil for a couple days. So if anyone's over there in North Kakalaki, we'll be hanging out. Yeah, we will both um, be there. So hell yeah, daddy. That is <laughs> daddy. Um, that's late May. So <laughs> get those tickets. Come say what's up. But um, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get on out of here, Doug. This is a good first episode of 2024. I think it worked out for the best. Good first episode. Very solid. All right, Doug. Love you, my friend. Love you, baby. All right. And we love all of you for listening. We will catch you on the next one. Where the balloons? Hey! There we go.
subscribe.